Welcome, I'm Joanne, and this is Drift Off, a soft place for you to land at the end of the day. I'd like to offer you a calming bedtime story tonight, softly told with a nice, soft, gentle voice that I hope will help you feel nurtured, safe, and at ease so you can drift off. There is no softer pillow than a quiet mind, and a soothing bedtime story will help do just that. It will offer your mind a calming distraction so you can effortlessly ease into restfulness. It really is that simple. So, are you ready for a bedtime story? Well then, Get comfy and cozy in your bed and snuggle up tight and let me be your guide now. Sweet dreams, my friend, and good night. Hello and welcome. I'm Joanne and thank you so much for joining me. Tonight's story is called The Wonderful Ring by Flora Annie Steele, and I hope you enjoy it. Know that as you focus on the narration of the story, while engaging your imagination as you follow along, your mind will slowly begin to shift from being fully awake to a slower brainwave state, a calm, relaxed, dreamy state that will help you drift down, all the way down, into a sound and restful sleep. And so let's begin this peaceful journey from wakefulness to dreamy relaxation by taking a few letting go breaths. Breathing into a comfortable fullness. Holding briefly at the top and then letting go, letting go of the breath, letting go of tension, letting go of the day. And now just doing a few more letting go breaths in this way, sending a message, letting your body and mind know that it's safe to relax. Feel the weight of your body, letting go, sinking down, deeper and deeper down into your bed, snuggling all the way down under the covers, feeling cozy, feeling safe, feeling calm and relaxed. And now imagine a feeling of relaxation beginning to flow down like warm honey, flowing down from the top of your head all the way down to the tips of your toes and spreading all the way to the edges of your body, bringing warmth and relaxation to every part of you giving way to this feeling of relaxation as it washes over you, 
helping you sink deeper and deeper down. And as you listen to the story and as you follow my voice, this feeling will follow you and your relaxation will only deepen with each word I read. With each word I read, you will feel more and more calm, more and more relaxed, sinking down into this wonderful feeling of drifting and letting go. And when this story comes to an end, you will continue to drift, feeling calm and relaxed, going deeper and deeper down, all the way down into a sound and restful sleep. A sound and restful sleep. But for now, my friend, just enjoy this feeling of dreamy relaxation, knowing that it will follow you as we now begin our story. Once upon a time, there lived a king who had two sons, and when he died, he left them all his treasures. But the younger brother began to squander it all so lavishly that the elder brother said, Let us divide the treasures, and you take your own share and do what you please with it. So the younger brother took his portion, and he went on his way until he met a man with a cat. How much for your cat? asked the prince. Nothing less than a golden pound, replied the man. A bargain indeed, cried the prince, and immediately bought the cat for a golden sovereign. By and by, he met a man with a dog and called out as before, How much for your dog? And when the man said not less than a golden pound, the prince again declared it was a bargain indeed and bought it cheerfully. Then he met a man carrying a parrot and called out as before, How much for the parrot? And when he heard it was only a golden sovereign, he was delighted saying once again it was a bargain indeed. He had only one pound left, yet even then, when he met a man carrying a serpent, he cried out at once, How much for the snake? Nothing less than a golden sovereign, said the man. And very little too, cried the prince, handing over his last coin. So there he was, possessed of a cat, a dog, a parrot, and a snake, but not a single penny in his pocket. However, he set to work bravely to earn his living, but the hard labor wearied him dreadfully, for being a prince, he was not used to it. Now when his serpent saw this, he felt sorry for his master and said, Prince, if you're not afraid to come to my father's house, he will perhaps give you something for saving me from that man. The prince was not a bit afraid of anything, so he and the serpent set off together. But when they arrived at the house, the snake bade the prince wait outside, while it went in alone and prepared the snake father for a visitor. When the snake father heard what the serpent had to say, 
he was much pleased, declaring he would reward the prince by giving him anything he desired. So the serpent went out to fetch the prince into the snake father's presence, and when doing so, it whispered in his ear, My father will give you anything you desire. Remember only to ask for his little ring as a keepsake. This rather astonished the prince, who naturally thought a ring would be of little use to a man who was half-starving. However, he did as he was bid, and when the snake father asked him what he desired, he replied, Thank you, but I have everything and want for nothing. Then the snake father asked him once more what he would take as a reward, but again he answered that he wanted nothing, having all that heart could desire. Nevertheless, when the snake father asked him the third time, he replied, Since you wish me to take something, let it be the ring you wear on your finger as a keepsake. Then the snake father frowned and looked displeased, saying, Were it not for my promise, I would have turned you into ashes on the spot for daring to ask for my greatest treasure. But as I have said it, it must be. Take the ring and go. So the prince, taking the ring, set off homewards with his servant the serpent, to whom he said regretfully, This old ring is a mistake. I have only made the snake father angry by asking for it, and much good it will do me. It would have been much wiser to ask for a sack of gold. Not so, my prince, replied the serpent. That ring is a wonderful ring. You have only to make a clean square place on the ground, plaster it over according to the custom of holy places, put the ring in the center, sprinkle it with buttermilk, and then whatever you wish for will be granted immediately. Vastly delighted at possessing so great a treasure as this magic ring, the prince went on his way rejoicing. But by and by, as he trudged along the road, he began to feel hungry and thought he would put his ring to the test. So, making a holy place, he put the ring in the center, sprinkled it with buttermilk, and cried, O oh, ring, I want some sweetmeats for dinner. No sooner had he uttered the words than a dishful of the most delicious sweets appeared on the holy place. These he ate and then set off to a city he saw in the distance. As he entered the gate, a proclamation was being made that anyone who would build a palace of gold with golden stairs in the middle of the sea in the course of one night should have half the kingdom and the king's daughter in marriage. But if he failed, instant death should be his portion. Hearing this, the prince went at once to the court and declared his readiness to fulfill the conditions. The king was much surprised at his temerity and bade him consider well what he was doing, telling him that many princes had tried to perform the task before 
and showing him a necklace of their heads in hopes that the dreadful sight might deter him from his purpose. But the prince merely replied that he was not afraid and that he was certain he should succeed. The king ordered him to build the palace that very night and setting a guard over him, bade the sentries be careful the overly confident young man did not run away. Now when evening came, the prince lay down calmly to sleep. The guards whispered amongst themselves that he must be a madman to fling away his life so uselessly. Nevertheless, with the first streak of dawn, the prince arose and making a holy place, laid the ring in the center, sprinkled it with buttermilk, and cried, O ring, I want a palace of gold with golden stairs in the midst of the sea. And lo, there in the sea it stood, all glittering in the sunshine. Seeing this, the guard ran to tell the king who could scarcely believe his eyes when he and all his court came to the spot and beheld the golden palace. Nevertheless, as the prince had fulfilled his promise, the king performed his and gave his daughter in marriage and half his kingdom to the prince. I don't want your kingdom or your daughter either, said the prince. I will take the palace I have built in the sea as my reward. So he went to live there. But when they sent the princess to him, he relented, seeing her beauty. And so they were married and lived very happily together. When the prince went out a-hunting, he took his dog with him. But he left the cat and the parrot in the palace to amuse the princess. Nevertheless, one day when he returned, he found her very sad and sorrowful. And when he begged her to tell him what was the matter, she said, Oh, my dear prince, I wish to be turned into gold by the power of the magic ring by which you built this glittering golden palace. So to please her, he made a holy place put the ring in the center, sprinkled it with buttermilk, and cried, O oh, ring, turn my wife into gold. No sooner had he said the words than his wish was accomplished, and his wife became a golden princess. When the golden princess was washing her beautiful golden hair one day, two long glittering hairs came out in the comb, she looked at them, regretting that there were no poor people near to whom she might have given the golden strands. Determining they should not be lost, she made a cup of green leaves, and curling the hairs inside it, set it afloat upon the sea. As luck would have it, after drifting here and there, it reached a distant shore where a washerman was at work. The poor man, seeing the wonderful golden hairs, took them to the king, hoping for a reward, and the king in his turn showed them to his son, who was so much struck by the sight 
that he lay down on a dirty old bed to mark his extreme grief and despair, and, refusing to eat or drink anything, swore he must marry the owner of the beautiful golden hair or die. The king, greatly distressed at his son's state, cast about how he should find the golden-haired princess, and after calling his ministers and nobles to help him, came to the conclusion that it would be best to employ a wise woman. So he called the wisest woman in the land to him, and she promised to find the princess on condition of the king in his turn, promising to give her anything she desired as a reward. Then the wise woman caused a golden barge to be made, and in the barge a silken cradle swinging from silken ropes. When all was ready, she set off in the direction whence the leafy cup had come, taking with her four boatmen whom she trained carefully always to stop rowing when she put up her finger and go on as long as she kept it down. After a long while, they came in sight of the golden palace, which the wise woman guessed at once must belong to the golden princess. So, putting up her finger, the boatman ceased rowing, and the wise woman, stepping out of the boat, went swiftly into the palace. There she saw the golden princess, sitting on a golden throne, and going up to her, she laid her hands upon the princess's head, as is the custom when relatives visit each other. Afterwards, she kissed her and petted her, saying, Dearest niece, do you not know me? I'm your aunt. But the princess at first drew back and said she had never seen or heard of such an aunt. Then the wise woman explained how she had left home years before, and made up such a cunning, plausible story that the princess, who was only too glad to get a companion, really believed what she said and invited her to stay a few days in the palace. Now as they sat talking, the wise woman asked the princess if she did not find it dull alone in the palace in the midst of the sea and inquired how they managed to live there without servants and how the prince, her husband, came and went. Then the princess told her about the wonderful ring the prince wore day and night, and how by its help they had everything their hearts could desire. On this, the pretended aunt looked very grave, and suggested the terrible plight in which the princess would be left should the prince come to harm while away from her. She spoke so earnestly that the princess became quite alarmed, and the same evening, when her husband returned, she said to him, Husband, I wish you would give me the ring to keep while you're away a-hunting, for if you were to come to harm, what would become of me all alone here in this sea palace? So next morning, when the prince went a-hunting, he left the magical ring in his wife's keeping. As soon as the wicked wise woman knew that the ring was really in the possession of the princess, 
She persuaded her to go down the golden stairs to the sea and look at the golden boat with the silken cradle. By coaxing words and cunning arts, the golden princess was inveigled into the boat in order to have a tiny sail on the sea. But no sooner was her prize safe in the silken cradle than the wise woman turned down her finger and the boatman immediately began to row swiftly away. Soon the princess begged to be taken back, but the wise woman only laughed and answered all the poor girl's tears and prayers with slaps and harsh words. At last, they arrived at the royal city, where great rejoicings arose when the news was noised abroad that the wise woman had returned with the golden bride for the lovesick prince. Nevertheless, despite all entreaties, the princess refused even to look at the prince for six months, and if in that time, she said, her husband did not claim her, she might then consider marriage, but until then she would not hear of it. To this the prince agreed, seeing that six months was not a very long time to wait. Besides, he knew that even should her husband or any guardian turn up, nothing was easier than to kill them. Meanwhile, the prince, having returned from hunting, called out as usual to his wife on reaching the golden stairs, but received no answer. Then, entering the palace, he found no one there save the parrot, which flew towards him and said, O oh, master, the princess's aunt came here and has carried her off in a golden boat. Hearing this, the poor prince fell to the ground in a fit and would not be consoled. At last, however, he recovered a little when the parrot, to comfort him, bade him wait there while it flew away over the sea to gather news of the lost bride. So the faithful parrot flew from land to land, from city to city, from house to house, until it saw the glitter of the princess's golden hair. Then it fluttered down beside her and bidding her to be brave, for it had come to help her, asking for the magic ring, whereupon the golden princess wept more than ever, for she knew the wise woman kept the ring in her mouth day and night, and that none could take it from her. However, when the parrot consulted the cat, which had accompanied the faithful bird, the crafty creature declared nothing could be easier. All the princess has to do, said the cat, is to ask the wise woman to give her rice for supper tonight, and instead of eating it all, she must scatter some in front of the rat hole in her room. The rest is my business and yours. So that night, the princess had rice for supper, and instead of eating it all, she scattered some before the rat hole. Then she went to bed and slept soundly, and the wise woman snored beside her. By and by, when all was quiet, the rats came out to eat up the rice, when the cat, with one bound, 
pounced on the one which had the longest tail and carrying it to where the wise woman lay snoring with her mouth open, thrust the tail up her nose. She woke with a most terrific sneeze and the ring flew out of her mouth onto the floor. Before she could turn, the parrot seized it in his beak and, without pausing a moment, flew back with it to his master the prince, who had nothing to do but make a holy place, lay the ring in the center, sprinkle it with buttermilk, and say, Oh ring, I want my wife. And there she was, as beautiful as ever, and overjoyed at seeing the golden palace and her dear husband once more. And as the story now comes to an end, you continue to drift deeper and deeper down into that wonderful state of dreamy relaxation that will lead you to a calm and tranquil sleep. Like a leaf that releases itself from a branch and begins to drift down all the way down towards the ground, twirling in the breeze, fluttering and drifting down and down, taking you all the way down. As you imagine this leaf drifting, just like your mind, drifting deeper and deeper down, all the way down into a calm and tranquil sleep. A soothing, gentle rhythm as day turns into night, as night turns into day, as the leaf twists and turns in the wind, drifting down and down, all the way down to a special place where your body and mind can come to rest. Nothing else to do, nowhere else to be. Just allow yourself to rest as you continue to drift deeper and deeper down, all the way down into a calm and tranquil sleep.